Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. You know, it really ceases to amaze me sometimes that when we're not watching our guard all the time, and frankly, we don't always feel that we have to in certain areas, we get caught up from behind. And this is exactly what is happening with our education system here in our country. Now, as you all know, recently, we we keep talking about this critical race theory that's being uh, bantered about in our school systems and hateful, teaching hate and racism, and it's not being accepted. And the mama bear revolution has been fighting that quite handily. And in fact, over the last two years, I've had three episodes of my podcast, which have at least gone in some level of this critical race theory. For those out there that would like to go back and refresh, because I do believe they're informative, that would be my episodes 11, 18, and number 40. But now when we start getting into this whole education thing, and and we have parents that are actually looking at curriculums and and, and books that that their children are being forced to read, we come across the newest venture out there. And I don't believe that it's one that too many of you have heard about, and yet it's been around for about nine years. So what is it? Well, it goes by the initials S-E-L. S-E-L, which stands for Social Emotional Learning. And what exactly is this, Social Emotional Learning, or S-E-L? Well, by definition, and I'm reading, it's the vital framework through which people of all ages acquire skills in working towards their own unique goals, comprehending and managing their emotions, nurturing positive relationships, making informed choices, and feeling and exhibiting empathy. Learning, social-emotional learning, provides students and young people with the abilities required to succeed in both life within their school and beyond. And of course, the way it's always done, these nice fancy words make it sound all nice and hunky-dory. But two of them in particular in those little definitions are rather bothersome. One, One of which is making informed choices. Choices, it says. Okay. Whose choices? Parents' choices? Children's choices? Or the choices that our school system has adopted to push onto your children? How about choices like gender affiliation? The other being exhibiting empathy. Empathy. You mean like teaching white people that they are the cause of all our root problems of racism in our country. Yes, these two little areas here are causing a lot more 
confusion in our schools than what I do believe is necessary. Oh, don't get me wrong. They contend that this uh, social and emotional learning provides a positive foundation where students can learn about themselves and others in a safe, nurturing school environment. That ought to piss you off right then and there because they won't let you learn that at home. They need that to be taught in a school environment which is away from the parents. And they'll tell you that they tackle subjects such as diversity, self-image, and responsibility. Now I want you to guess on the age grouping that this social-emotional learning is being taught to our kids. It's not high school. It's not even middle school. It actually starts in preschool. Mm -hmm. That's right. As early as age four. Kids can't even read yet. They're being shown pictures uh, in books and things. Age four. Our preschool and elementary is the prime grounds where this SEL is being taught. I believe I, I heard it recently that we're ranked, the United States I should say, is ranked like 26th in the world community as far as our education of our students. And around here, naturally, critics of our public school system, we complain that our schools are failing to teach our kids. And it's alarming that our students lag academically, which are uh, about one-third of our high school graduates aren't even prepared for college. And that it's pathetic that most students test very poorly in areas such as geography and civics, reading and math. That's right. We're not, we're not even teaching those kind of things anymore. Or at least the teaching that we are doing is putting us 26th in the world community. Instead, we're teaching children how to feel and their awareness, not how to add. As you can imagine, over the last few years, more and more schools are adopting a very progressive curriculum. In fact, it's called an all-for-all -all strategic plan. And this all-for-all -all plan is really to put it towards racial equity, not equality. We talked about that in a prior podcast as well. We're talking about equity, meaning everybody gets the same results. So what's happening is if you have children who can't learn as well, it's not fair to differentiate them from children who may be excelling in a certain area. You have to keep them all together and you have to give them curriculum that they all can do collectively. Therefore, we have an equity all the same. And under this all-for-all -all plan, children in kindergarten are expected to become racially conscious and they're also forced to examine their white privilege. We're talking kids that are four and five years of age having to talk about racial equity. Where are we going with this? We're asking our children how they feel about their skin color. The bottom line is this social emotional learning is teaching our kids to feel and not to think. Now look, Feelings, they're not bad or dangerous or anything like that. 
but they have to be included with what is right and what is wrong. And those, those are confusing issues, especially at this early age. And you wonder why it turns it into a chaos, because kids can't, can't really figure this out. Now, I mentioned that it's been being done since around 2012. And actually, this, this social-emotional learning is being interwoven into the common core state standards around our country. In fact, back in 2018, we have federal, state, and local governments that invested more than $30 billion a year to implement this SEL training in the kindergarten through 12th grade public schools. And isn't that ironic that they're spending all of this money, all of this effort on teaching these kids how to come into comfort with the way they feel as opposed to learning history and math. And yet all we hear about is how much more the education system needs, dollar-wise, in order to be able to compete in the international marketplace. You know, the piss of all this is, is that the critical race theory, or now this social environmental learning, we may still have not heard a whole lot about this, except that during the pandemic, and I hate that. When are we going to stop calling it the pandemic? Right now, it's just like the flu. Why don't we just go back to call it the COVID flu or something? Get away from that pandemic stuff. Nonetheless, if it hadn't been for that shutdown as a result of the pandemic, the at-home school learning would not have been being taught. And frankly, parents would not have been able to be seeing or hearing what was being taught through those little Zoom classes. Well, as a result of it, and as a result of a lot of parents being pretty pissed off what they were seeing and hearing, they started questioning things. And they started asking for curriculums. And lo and behold, they start uncovering these little skins of the onion, so to speak. Now, I'd like to take the next couple of minutes, if I can, and just go through some of the books that are part of the curriculums, they may be in the curriculums of your children's books. And if any of them sound familiar, <laughs> I suggest you start looking a little closer at them. The first one is a book called Calvin, and it's designed for preschool-aged children. Let me read you the premise of the book. Calvin has always been a boy, even if the world sees him as a girl. He knows who he is in his heart and in his mind, but he hasn't yet told his family. Finally, he can wait no longer. I'm not a girl, he tells his family. I'm a boy, a boy in my heart and in my brain. Keep in mind, that's a preschooler book. How about one called Too Bright to See? This is for the nine to 12 year olds. Here it reads, it's the summer before middle school. An 11-year-old Bug's best friend, Moira, has decided the two of them need to use the next few months to prepare. For Moira, this means figuring out the right clothes to wear, learning how to put on makeup, and deciding which boys are cuter in their yearbook photos than in real life. But none of this is all that appealing to Bug, who doesn't particularly want to spend more time trying to understand what it means to be a girl. 
Besides, there's something more important to worry about. A ghost is haunting Bug's eerie old house in Vermont, and maybe haunting Bug in particular. As Bug begins to untangle the mystery of who this ghost is and what they're trying to say, an altogether different truth comes to light. Bug is transgender. How about one called Sparkle Boy? Casey loves to play with his blocks, puzzles, and dump truck, and he also loves things that sparkle, shimmer, and glitter. When his older sister, Jessie, shows off her new shimmery skirt, Casey wants to wear a shimmery skirt, too. When Jessie comes home from a party with glittery nails, Casey wants glittery nails, too. And when Abelita visits wearing an armful of sparkly bracelets, Casey gets one to wear, just like Jessie. The adults in Casey's life embrace his interest, but Jesse isn't so sure. Boys aren't supposed to wear sparkly, shimmery, glittery things. Then, when older boys at the library tease Casey for wearing girl things, Jesse realizes that Casey has the right to be himself and wear whatever he wants. This book, I might add, is designed for those age 4 through 8. The next one is called Jacob's Room to Choose. Once again, age group, four through eight. When Jacob goes to the boy's bathroom, he is chased out because the boys think he looks like a girl because of how he's dressed. His classmate, Sophie, has a similar experience when she tries to go to the girl's bathroom. When their teacher finds out what happened, Jacob and Sophie, with the support of the administration, lead change at their school as everyone discovers the many forms of gender expression and how to treat each other with respect. Let me tell you, if you were to go online and Google books for the social emotional learning, you will find them by the boatload. You'll find 50 to 100 different book titles, all teaching this social engineering, all of these teaching when it's okay to question what you are, how you are, your sexuality. I'm not here to say that a person shouldn't be entitled to choose their sexuality. What I am saying is that what on earth is this crap doing in our preschool and elementary schools, let alone the middle schools? One could argue perhaps the high school, but... What is it doing with our kids? It's no wonder they're screwed up. It's no wonder we're 26 in the nation, uh, in the international community, rather. Do yourselves a favor. If you're a parent with children, young children, start looking at the book titles. Start looking at what's in those books, as harmless as they may sound. Start questioning your curriculum. Get copies of it. You can get the curriculum. Every county offers them to you. You can probably get them right online. You better start paying attention because this crap's being done behind our backs and they can't bring it home. Mm -mm. This is being done by these, what we used to call counselors when I was growing up. Now it's the counselors of feelings. Instead of a counselor trying to maybe get you into the college to get you prepared for something to do for the rest of your life, beware, take control, and remember that. Social Emotional Learning, S-E-L, 
Check it out. I want to thank you for once again tuning into my episodes. I am Jeff Rye, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.